Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of Life is No Coincidence and the Living Spirit, and in the process of completing my next book, New Life Awaits. Today I am delighted to welcome John Vespasian, a return guest to the show who has a new book to share with us, Sequentiality, The Amazing Power of Finding the Right Sequence of Steps. The last show John and I recorded can be heard on CherylGlick.com for June 2018 on his book, The Ten Principles of Rational Living. Hello, John, and thank you for joining us again. Hi, Cheryl. Thanks for having me on. John, as listeners of the show are well aware, my guests and I share our intimate and insightful discoveries of life as it was and will be as we merge our metaphysical energetic awareness with the physical world and through self-investigation and self-mastery of our emotions improve the quality of life, both personally and collectively. In today's episode of Healing from Within, John will share through personal examples how to find the right sequence of steps to deal with challenges and create the environment for positive results. He will share, among other stories, how Luigi Cornaro overcame terminal illness and got to live 102 years, as well as how Giotto had to go backwards in his artistic development in order to attain financial success first, and other amazing stories of success through proper action. John, you may remember that I always love to ask my guests to think back to their earlier days, perhaps childhood or another event, and to remember a person, place, or event that may have led them to the interests and the life they're living now and what has encouraged them to follow their chosen path. So think back to a story. Um, yeah, I can tell you a story. <clears throat> First time I went to Germany, I was uh, 18, 19 not years old. I was learning German. I thought um, it was uh, very, very difficult. It's still a difficult language. I was a bit discouraged, saying, okay, pff, this is going to take forever uh, to learn the, another language. And then I was there for a couple of weeks, and uh, I realized uh, how much I improved just by uh, trying to speak to people, trying to, uh, to understand. And when I went back, um, I was super motivated uh, to continue to learn uh, German. And this actually changed my perception a lot about uh, doing uh, long-term projects uh, because um, it's very difficult to motivate yourself to change your career, uh, to learn another language, uh, to learn new skills, to get a degree, uh, to enter a new market. It's very difficult to, con to convince yourself that uh, it is worth it uh, to put uh, hours and hours and hours when you're never sure of the result. But um, the experience of learning other languages, uh, which sometimes takes years, if it's a very different uh, language from your own, um, shows, uh, in my personal experience, uh, that uh, you can see the feedback, you can see the, the motivation, you can see the, the progress uh, almost daily. And this is the way to, uh, to undertake uh, long-term projects. And um, I have done many other projects in my life. But I remember very clearly the first time I went to Germany and I started to learn to, um, to improve my German. That's a because, great, great story. Yeah. How many languages do you speak? I'm learning now the sixth one. I'm learning Russian because I want to enter the Russian market. 
and Russian is really super um, complicated, much more difficult than European languages. And I know it's going to take me a few years, but uh, the Russian market uh, is huge uh, if you want to sell books. So I sell it's my, my long-term project uh, at this moment. I congratulate you because learning different languages is like opening the heart and soul uh, to the whole universe and to understanding life and people and yourself. It's it's beautiful, and it also expands the mind. <laughs> the more we use it, that's the way uh, we can create greater awareness, and, and that is, I think, what sequentiality is, what you just described, how you learned that language. So tell us, what is sequentiality? Sequentiality is, uh, is an application of uh, rational uh, personal development, and I came, I came up with uh, this, uh, this word sequentiality, I, I coined this, uh, this term, uh, because the stories in the book, they're stories of uh, amazing success and also amazing failure, uh, what they show is that um, when you are faced with difficult decisions, when you have to, to decide about your future, relationships, when you really have to make tough choices, um, you have to try to remain um, a bit unemotional and you have to find the right sequence of steps. This is why the book is called Sequentiality, because I show in the book uh, through many biographies, through many stories, that people have been able to overcome uh, extreme adversity and to, to really surmount very, very difficult problems just by staying calm and looking for the right sequence of steps. And this is the, the whole idea of the book. And I present many examples in the, in, the, in the area of health, in the area of business, in the area of marketing, in the areas of uh, personal finance, uh, career development. And um, I think the, the examples are very uh, compelling because uh, it, uh, it goes a bit against the, the current uh, um, overwhelming idea of uh, positive thinking because many of these people were not super positive, they're not super optimistic, but they were very practical. And they mm. actually focus, focus on the, on the, the steps uh, to, to follow. Yes, so we have to add to positive thinking practicality, a right motivation, right thought processes, uh, a right action, right? It's almost like the Buddhist thinking in a way. They have a yeah. whole four-step noble plan, and it brings it all together, and anything is possible, but we have to start somewhere with a process. But let's go on. Please tell us about two of the people you talked about. I mean, I have one I'm going to talk about that I liked a lot, but you talked about Luigi Cornaro. And yeah, Cornaro, yeah, Cornaro <clears throat> was um, one of the uh, persons, one of the biographies that actually uh, gave me the idea for the book. Because Cornaro lived, uh, well, he's the first person, I think, first person in history, I mean, recorded history in the, in the last um, 600 years, really documented history. First person who actually lived 102 years. And he's really proven uh, there are records. I mean, he wrote books. And the, the story is very, very interesting because uh, when he was in his uh, mid-30s, Cornaro was deadly sick. He, was, uh, he had inflammation. He had uh, 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 headaches. Uh, he could not sleep. He could barely walk. He went to different physicians, and they told him that he was terminal, that uh, there was no solution he had uh, to go home, to make his will, and to prepare to die. And Cornaro actually recovered uh, through, a, through a process of uh, trial and error, uh, because uh, he realized that nobody was going to help him. Uh, medicine was um, not uh, sufficiently advanced to find a solution. Mm -hmm. 
and he tried different things. So he tried different diets. He tried uh, uh, to go to bed at different times. He actually produced his own treatment, and yes. he came up with um, with a super interesting uh, scheme because it's very similar to what you have today with uh, being vegetarian uh, to apply calorie caloric uh, restriction. He came with a lifestyle which was super successful, and he came to live in the end 202 years, and he wrote extensively about his experiments uh, about um, health. Uh, he came up with a diet with uh, nowadays in the 21st century, uh, many people are following very successfully. Well, I think one doctor told him to eat more meat and drink more milk, and one doctor told him to eat more vegetables and fish. And I kind of think he made a plan where he used the best of a lot of suggestions. He lived moderately and in alignment. This is very important. He began to listen to his own inner voice, self-investigate what worked for him, probably conquered a lot of his emotional stresses, and that's part of the plan for all of us, and to calm ourselves and to be accepting of ourselves and to get past a lot of the fears uh, that are causing these physical illnesses. But I liked another story that you told. You told a story of a man named Mendel who had studied. I love this story, actually. He studied to become a school teacher. But he failed the oral exams in 1850 and 1856. Now, you say that he had more than enough sufficient knowledge, but due to his shyness, he was virtually paralyzed during the oral examinations. And as a young teacher at 19 years old, I myself remember that exam and how scared I was. I was also a very sensitive young person. But I did pass it, but, but I remember how difficult it was. Uh, so after his massive efforts, the disappointment could have really marked him for life. But he decided that perhaps there was another goal where he could spend his life in a monastery, and he did find success and peace. And so we discover from his story, if one road doesn't work, Perhaps it's not the road for us. Perhaps we weren't born to follow that life path, and there might be another path even better for us. So I really, I really like that story, no matter what disappointment we have, to allow the universe and our own spiritual gifts to take us in another direction. All right? Um, indeed, but um, <clears throat> I just want to underline that uh, Mendel, in the end, he became, uh, he became uh, I mean, world famous. In the end, he became uh, very uh, famous um, in his area because he started to make experiments with um, uh, genetics, with uh, plants. But uh, what he never lost was his assets because he cultivated uh, his, uh, his skills for years. I mean, he was super uh, hardworking. He was very motivated. It's a pity he never actually got to do what he wanted to do because he wanted to be a teacher. He was super, uh, super bad as, uh, at uh, public speaking. I mean, he should have not uh, chosen that particular goal. But in the end, he found uh, his uh, calling, he found his way, because he accumulated uh, in his way uh, in intellectual assets, knowledge, uh, persistence. And uh, this is something which is common to most stories in the book, that people eventually find a way, find a way to success, happiness, uh, healing, uh, because they accumulate uh, different assets, huh? whether it's uh, social network, uh, whether it's good habits, uh, whether it's uh, financial assets, where it's uh, a knowledge of a certain uh, area or a knowledge of a certain uh, territory. 
if you accumulate assets, uh, you increase your, your chances of uh, success and happiness massively. Even if the assets uh, look uh, worthless to you today, if you find a way to exploit them, and this is something that I show in, in many, many stories in the book, if you find a way to exploit them, and sometimes it's not self-evident, it's very difficult sometimes to figure it out, but sometimes uh, it takes years. And then yes. eventually, you're, yeah. You have to be consistent and patient with yourself and with the process. But, but perhaps he achieved his goal, because here you and I are so many years later talking about him. So people listening are learning something, so he taught us something. And in his research, you said he wrote and he did experiments and he recorded them and he shared them. So he was a teacher, and I kind of think we're all a teacher for other people. Everyone in our life that we share experiences with, in one way or another, we are learning from them, and we are teaching. So I kind of love that story very, very much. In your books, why are you a bit skeptical about positive thinking? Uh, because it has to be complemented by, uh, by action and by uh, focus, by research, just by desiring that uh, you're going to do something, you're going to get somewhere, uh, you have to do more than that. And it's a pity that uh, there are so many people that get hooked on the thinking and feeling and, and believing, and they forget about the action. And this book uh, is called Sequentiality because um, you have to find a way to get things done. And um, you can't spend your life thinking and wishing and, and, uh, and uh, believing that something's going to happen and nothing happens. You have to go and find a way. And it's not self-evident uh, most of the time. It's not like in the, you read in the uh, personal development books, okay, you have a goal and then you make a plan and then you follow the plan. Sometimes people don't have plans. They don't have clear goals. They have a sense of direction, which is something that I stress in my books very, very, very often. So it's more, much more uh, productive to have a sense of direction. I say, I want to go in this direction. I like this kind of stuff. I like this kind of activities. I like this kind of skills. And then to find a way to use them without getting uh, blinded by goals that might be unrealistic. And this is what happened uh, to, George, to, to Gregor Mendel. Yes, I agree. So with consistent action and clear intention and just developing yourself, as you say, with your languages, you put your effort, time, consistency, resiliency, perseverance, and self-reliance, they're all necessary to add to positive thinking. There's nothing wrong with positive thinking, but it's only part of the equation. Thank you very much for that. According to your research, what is the best method for personal development? Uh, the best method is uh, to define or to identify um, something that you really like uh, and then to, to, um, to find a, a way to exploit it. And um, this is very easy to say and very easy to, uh, to convey. But uh, one of the obstacles that is never mentioned, and this is something I really underline in my books um, very, very often, is that you might have a skill or you might have a, a, a desire of, or a type of the, um, uh, direction you want to follow, uh, and you might be in the wrong place. And this happens, um, I must say, very, very often. And one of the stories I tell in my latest book is about Casanova, and Casanova is known to be a great seducer in history and to be um, also a great writer. But what few people know is that Casanova was a, a total disaster for, for actually for a few decades until he found his way and he made a fortune. 
and he never became successful until he actually left uh, his own country because Casanova was was born in Italy he lived in Venice for many years and in Venice he was a total disaster uh, he was fired from jobs uh, he he could barely make a living uh, he had um, problems with uh, with the law and he was prosecuted a few times it was a complete disaster and he only actually became successful when he actually moved to France and he made a fortune relatively quickly. And this is uh, something that people don't like to hear, but if you're in the wrong place, I mean physically you're in the wrong city or in the wrong town or in the wrong field, um, you might work as hard as you want, but if there are no opportunities there, uh, you're basically wasting your time. And um, yeah, positive uh, the thinking and personal development is fine, but you have to see uh, where you have realistically opportunities. And this is something that few people want to hear, but if you're not in the right place, it's better to move. That's very interesting. I never thought about it that way, but it's very interesting. Now, you've written many books. Is there a common thread through all of them? Um, yes, one of the threads that um, is also something people don't like to hear, but uh, uh, that you have to try to remain um rather calm and unemotional when you're faced with uh, criticism, when, when you're faced with adversity. And you have to to become a bit objective. You have to take a step back and try to look at things uh, from the outside, from, like an external observer. Yes. Because uh, what really uh, stops, um, I mean, millions of people from uh, developing their careers uh, or their finances or their relationships is that they become super uh, sensitive, hypersensitive. And in this, uh, in this latest book, I give several examples of people who are super talented. They have many opportunities. Uh, they, for instance, um, uh, Dante Gabriel Rossetti, who's a, a famous um, a painter in the 19th century in England, he was super talented. He was a poet. He was a painter. He started the new artistic movement, but he was very, very sensitive to criticism. Mm. Uh, he got a few reviews, a few bad reviews in newspapers. Um, he was very upset. Uh, the, re the reviews were unfair because he was really uh, very, a very good painter. But, okay, the, the journalists were very conservative. They didn't like his paintings. And he became very depressed. He started to drink. Uh, he didn't want to go out. He was at home all the time. And eventually he, he, uh, he became very sick because he was addicted uh, to alcohol. And this is something that um, you have to face it. If people become um, depressed, discouraged because they are hypersensitive, they have to solve the problem because um, you, can be, you cannot be positive. You cannot take action if you just become completely paralyzed because someone uh, criticizes you. Because you may, I mean, everybody makes mistakes. I make a lot of mistakes because I have to learn a lot of things. But okay, I mean, you have to keep going. If you become hypersensitive, um, it's going to stop you, and uh, you have to avoid it at, at, at any cost. You're right, and you also talk about perfection there is no perfection and there's no one we really have to answer to but to our own inner self or inner wisdom or soul self and uh it's it's amazing how people put so much emphasis on the outside world and whatever other people expect from them but they have to just realize what they need and they will be more successful happier healthier if they start to say for example Someone says something to them that's cruel and un not not necessary, and they have two two ways to handle this. 
they could either realize that the other person might have a sensitivity or problem and they're acting badly, but they don't have to take it personally. And this is something people have to learn. As you say, to be objective and to be fair to yourself, you have to learn that nobody can really hurt you unless you give your personal power away and allow it. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's something we have to teach. We, it's something we have to learn. And it's something uh, that I hope that many of the young people start to be aware of at an earlier age so they don't have to suffer as much. So let's go on to why you place so much emphasis on health and longevity. Uh, yes, uh, my books are about personal development, but I, I write a lot about um, health and longevity because I think you cannot uh, isolate uh, personal development and say, okay, you just, uh, it's positive thinking and you just uh, be successful and make money. You have to also look at the other aspects of life. And I think health and, um, and longevity, because I think health is proven when you, when you become very old, when people have a good health and they die very young and very skeptical. Uh, I mean, what I like is uh, the examples I really like to present in my books. First thing I check uh, how how old uh, this person uh, became? Did he become 50, 60, 80? When someone becomes 90, 95, I start to get super interested because he was doing something right. And um, this is something that is overlooked, I think, very often uh, when you talk about personal development. But look, uh, if you want to be happy and successful, uh, try to get uh, su successful and happy, but very, very long. I mean, as many decades as you can, and it's not trivial. It's not like uh, learning a few tricks and say, okay, uh, you just eat uh, vegetables and uh, don't drink uh, too much alcohol. It represents whole lifestyle. Uh, it represents uh, the, the, the balance between um, energy and stress, and you have to have good habits, and you have to have uh, good nutrition. And I mean, it's a whole uh, lifestyle thing. And I, under I really underline this thing in my books because uh, personal development without health um, and if possible with longevity, associated with longevity, um, is not very credible. Because if you give people the, um, the, the message that uh, they have to exhaust themselves and work 20 hours a day just to reach their goal, and then they get a heart attack, uh, I think it's completely worth it. Yeah, and they're not living a balanced life. What you're saying is we need balance and harmony. Now, we are living in an age of information and technological advancement, which is hard on our energy systems and physical health. So without an understanding of history and natural healing and preventative ways to help the body flow through the many changes we're experiencing, we will succumb to health problems. So... What you just said, a greater awareness of nutrition, exercise, relaxation skills, proper sleep and rest, improving interpersonal relationship and managing our time for best results are all very positive. And I would agree with you. If you'll take a look at a 70-year-old, for example, who's functioning well, and you take a look at a 30-year-old who perhaps already has a lot of health issues, it's not about the age. It's about the lifestyle and the way they are managing their challenges. So I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. Now, let's go on to what are the surprising or the most surprising lessons you have learned from history? Yeah, one of the most surprising lessons is that um, even we have uh, access to information, very low cost, you have Internet, uh, you have the Wikipedia. I mean, you have a lot of um, uh, resources out there. Um, human beings continue to make the same mistakes 
uh, over and over again. I mean, basically, we make the same mistakes that people made in the 15th century or 16th century because uh, the, the access to information uh, doesn't mean anything if people don't use it. And right. uh, the Internet uh, gives you access to millions of uh, resources. The problem is that uh, people, I mean, most of us or most people are going to use the Internet only to, to do the same things they would do if they didn't have the Internet. So if they like to read, I don't know, stupid uh, um, gossip, um, they would use the Internet to read gossip and they would ignore um, the, uh, the possibility to get knowledge, uh, real knowledge, or to, to actually learn something useful. Yes, the problems are there, and we keep repeating the same mistakes. And I wrote that only by understanding our human and spiritual aspects of life and how that has played out historically, can we move past making the same mistakes in judgment and keep engaging in religious and economic wars? And I wrote in my book, The Living Spirit, we are each an independent life form, and our choices are our responsibility, either nourishing our own growth or making us needlessly and unproductively ponder the judgments and actions of others. Anything that is less than accepting of ourself and others, whatever their condition, allows for separation from our normal state of love. The goal in the search for enlightenment may be recognizing that while not liking the behavior of bad people, the Dalai Lama and other highly empowered spiritual leaders have reached a level of detachment, allowing them to remain in a love-based energy, finding deeper compassion for the flawed human condition. And that's what we were talking about earlier. We started off talking about that. And, and we're led to know the goal in theory is to use objectivity, personal development, and understanding of health, and love, compassion, and goodness, and service to others. And it will take us very, very far. If you could give your listeners just one piece of advice they could keep in mind, what would it be? Yeah, the the advice I want to give is that in order to um, to be successful and happy, um, relatively successful and happy, I would not uh, ensure 100% of anything, but uh, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And this is something that um, is very misleading. Eh? When you read the uh, books of personal development psychology, they give you advice that looks like coming from another planet. But when you look at uh, when you look at real stories. Um, and people who become successful, I mean, they don't necessarily have to start a huge company like Microsoft or Facebook to become successful. Some people become successful doing very simple things. That's very important in success, too, how we feel, if we feel good about what we're doing. It's not so important about the materialism and the money necessarily. So I want to thank you, John Vespasian, for your wonderful understanding of history, human psychology, and human development as ways to develop our highest selves through trial and often error, but with possibilities and a potential to thrive if we are consistent, diligent, fair-minded, purposeful, and hopeful, and follow a set of intuitive, practical steps to fulfill our goals. To purchase John Vespasian's book, Sequentiality, and his other books, go to... Amazon.com. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, we have had an intelligent, insightful discussion into learning to do what is necessary when confronted with severe problems and or becoming resistant to adversity while also learning to deal with stress 
and to improve our physical health through a process that enables us to make good choices that enhance our self-reliance, avoid nerve-wrecking inconsistencies, and lead to a good life based on reason. John wrote in the philosophy of builders, the factors that lead to prosperity and happiness have changed little through the ages. From the lives of accomplished men and women, we can extract the three principles that they have used to build a better future. Self-reliance, tolerance, and entrepreneurship to overcome adversity. It shows how to overcome discouragement, walk the path of least resistance, simplify your life, reduce costs, and focus on opportunities. John and I would have you know that learning to thrive in difficult times is what our souls can provide from within the light and love of spirit. It is an ability to remember ourselves and spiritual talents to deal with obstacles and find a practical approach to solving problems and getting things done. All leaders who incorporate this inner wisdom allow and accept their true path in life and can increase their effectiveness for living well in harmony with life and others. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within, and I invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to hear and read about leaders in the field of science, history, spirituality, psychology, education, metaphysical energy healing, the arts and music, to share ideas for healthy evolution and progress. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.